Hi, my name's Emily and I'm an osteopath and healthcare enthusiast working in the Midlands. I spend every week helping my patients reduce their aches and pains, move their bodies more and live the healthiest life possible. And now I want you to join the conversation. In this podcast, I'll be investigating the people and places around the Midlands that are on the same mission and ask them to share their knowledge to transform your health. There's no subject that's off topic. Nutrition, mental health, sleep and fitness, it's all here. This is the Healthy Midlands podcast. I feel so lucky to be joined today by Nikki Murphy from The Unlikely Yogi. Hello, Nikki. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here too. I'm so excited to have you. Um, So, Nikki, Unlikely Yogi, where does that name come from? Well, it was a little bit of a joke, uh, domain name um, saving when I was doing my yoga teacher training. Uh, I didn't know what to call myself. I actually really didn't think I was going to do any teaching at all. So I wanted to call myself something other than my own name. I tried all the flowery names, um, Lotus Blossom this and Oasis that, and they just, they're not me and they were never going to be me. And also, I guess there's lots of parts of what you might think a yoga teacher is like that I really am not. Like I'm not vegan, not even a tiny bit. Um, I quite like wine. Um, you know, I do all the sort of, the, the kind of the nice, sweet, softly spoken side that you'd think a yoga teacher would be. I am not that person. So I just thought I'm a very unlikely yoga teacher. And that was where it came from, really. So And, and then it just became a matter of, have I got the confidence to, to use this? And I just had one of those oh, sod it moments. And, <laughs> and that was it. And that's how I launched the business as a nightly yogi. But it's worked, it, it's worked much better than I could have ever planned it if I had planned it. In yeah. that I think it appeals to people. Because I can, they think that they're unlikely yogis too. So you know, yeah. it makes them feel like the they classes. With it. Yeah, that the classes are approachable and that I'm approachable and that it's okay that they're maybe not tall and skinny and you yeah. know flexible. They can do yoga too, so it's perfect. Well, so tell me about your brand of yoga then, Nikki. What's it like to come to an unlikely yogi class? It, uh, well, hopefully, um, my students would say the same, but it's relaxed, it's chilled out. Um, I'm completely um, anti-yoga culture, so not interested in being pretentious or uh, stuck up. I want to make it a very welcoming environment for everybody. I don't mind um, what size somebody is. Uh, I don't care whether they can touch their toes or not. You know, it's not about all that showing off or I believe that yoga is something that anybody can do at whatever their level of ability is and that yoga will meet you where you are. It's not something that you have to aspire to become or to be. So even if you were sat in a chair, there is still yoga you can do sat in a chair. Even if you're very overweight, there is still yoga that you can do. You can adapt the poses. And what I often say to people is that um, nobody ever rings me up and goes, oh, hi, I'm really skinny and I really love my body and I have no physical issues whatsoever. I've decided I want to start coming to yoga. (laughs) That's not how it is. Everyone rings me saying, I think I'm too old. I think I'm too fat. I think my shoulder's too poorly. I think I've hurt my knee. I think I've got an injury in my back. You know, those, everybody's got something. Everyone's got a bum something. Yeah. 
Um, whether it's confidence or it's actually a physical issue with a part of their body, yeah. bring it to yoga and it will make you feel better. So all of these things that people would view as a barrier to them starting yoga in the first place, that's all embraced in your class. Like how they feel about their body whether they've got an it's injury it's almost the point of it it's almost <laughs> the point of it it's not we don't do yoga in spite of those things we yeah. do we do yoga to bring those things in you know let's bring them in and let's and let's accept them and be honest about them so yeah. it doesn't matter whether um there's a pose that you can do or there's a pose that you can't do or that someone else in the room can do a pose and you can't it, that's irrelevant like yeah. it doesn't matter if you um, carry a bit of extra weight on your body and so you perhaps can't do a twist as well as the next person like let's just talk about how to do that twist yeah. with your slightly overweight body which I also have by the way so <laughs> like, <laughs> very good at pointing out I call them my, my little tips and tricks I'm like do you want a little Nicky cheat <laughs> little Nicky cheat of how to get in the yoga pose if you like eating cake as much as I do so that's really you know that's really my it's not um, let's sort of pretend those things aren't happening let's sweep it under the carpet let's let's push past that injury it's like let's just bring all of that into the practice and do yoga anyway and it will make you feel good yeah definitely mm. I think it's that it's approach to health in whatever body you're in isn't yes it? and accepting I think it's really helped me accept my body um I, when I first started doing my yoga teacher training I know it sounds ridiculous, but I had zero intention of being a teacher. I was single uh, at the time. I'd just come back off a really nice yoga retreat. And I think I thought it was basically going to be like going on a yoga retreat once a month. Don't do a yoga teacher training if you think that's what a teacher training is going to be like. Just do the retreat. Because it was just <laughs> not like that at all. And actually, it was torture. You know, I was, I was 10 years older and two stone fatter than everybody else in the room. And they were all the kind of uber yogis that want to do like a real pounding, really sweat hotty vinyasa class all the time. And mm. I was in the corner crying in child's pose. Like it was just, it was very confronting physically, uh, but also very confronting emotionally for me. Um, and I couldn't imagine like standing up in front of a room full of people teaching, which ironically was my job. I'm an IT consultant, so yeah. I'm used to presenting. I'll talk, I could stand up in front of Wembley, I'm quite sure, and talk to 50,000 people. I wouldn't care, but I don't do it in Lycra. Yeah. You know, I don't have to kind of go, oh, well, look, look at my body while I present in this pose. I couldn't think of anything worse and than doing that. that. It's the comparison all the time, isn't it? Mm. I did... Um, a clinical Pilates teacher training a few years ago and definitely went on those weekend courses with the idea of you know like compared to the and and let's be honest all other women no men in those courses of course um typically um although I definitely think it's a area that should be a lot more open to blokes absolutely because I think that seeing a teacher that looks like you or has a similar body to you whether that's in kind of gender wise or like you say in terms of mm. that they're not six foot tall and completely svelte absolutely um, it, it helps people to kind of engage with exercise because they can identify with the person who's teaching them. absolutely but I was going on those weekends and thinking like oh god like I'm at least half I'm half a stone heavier than her mm. I can't I haven't got the core control that she's got. My shoulder mobility isn't as good as that. How am I going to... And then, you know, the kind of lows of that and then the highs of, 
oh, but I, I could do a bridge. And I don't know why I've retained that from being seven years old yes. and not any, not the ability to do any of the other things. But yeah. that kind of like, you kind of continuously switching between feeling really bad about yourself and then like having this like tiny pinhole of light where you're like, ah, oh, but I could do that. And pinning all of your worth as a teacher on that and then like going on to incorporate that in every single program that you ever <laughs> Absolutely. make because it's the one thing <laughs> Look that at you me, can I can, do. I can do this. Yeah, I, I mean, I really, again, try to pull all of that so experience into my class, you know, not only just in terms of myself. So I will very much say, listen, we're going to try this pose right now. I can't do it. I'm a yoga teacher. I can't do it, but I'm going to show you how to get into it and maybe you'll be able to do it. So I'm very much about pointing out my own shortcomings because I think they help people deal with their own shortcomings too. Yeah. But at the same time, the, the other stuff, like the competitive stuff, and the I will actively take the mickey out of everyone in my class. You know, if I say to them, right, we're going to do, say, half moon pose. We're going to be here for two or three breaths. And I look around the room and nobody will come out of the pose. So I'll go, oh, no, nobody <laughs> wants to be the first one to come out of the pose because that means that they're a terrible person. Yeah, and then everyone, Yeah, and everyone will start to laugh. And so I, I want people to self-reflect in that way and go, why am I holding this pose? Yeah, way teeth gritted, beyond, like yes. fists in a ball. Exactly. Your just, body's saying no and your brain has got this competitive yes. edge that won't let it go. But at the same time, I think we're huge and so it's okay to be a little bit competitive sometimes but yeah. do it do it with awareness and so the other thing I'll say to somebody is that every single person that comes to my class they will have a pose that they are better at than everybody else in the room probably not from a trying perspective but they will just be naturally better at it and no matter what that pose is and no matter how long it takes I will find it for them and it's true it's always always true there will just be one pose one day they might struggle with every single other pose and suddenly that one day they'll go and they'll just do the most incredible bridge yeah Yeah, or whatever and I'll go we've found it we've found (laughs) your pose enjoy this moment so let's just you know bring Rather than have those kind of automatic self-flagellating conversations while we're doing yoga, the comparing, like, let's just live in that. Let's be real. Just bring it, you know, bring it to awareness, I suppose. I've definitely done it as well, where I've almost been too focused on my body in yoga classes. So I'll be in a studio where maybe they have mirrors and I will be in down dog and I'll be like twisting my head, trying to look sideways to see if my tummy's hanging out over the top of my leggings. Oh, cool. And it's so distracting. And I spend more time in the class thinking about that than I do about, well, how does that stretch feel in my hamstrings? How's my breathing? Do I feel connected with my body? Mm. Do I feel like I'm kind of getting in touch with bits that are tight and I'm loosening those off? Do I feel strong in my arms? All my brain is doing is, is my tummy hanging out? I don't teach. I don't teach in rooms with mirrors. <laughs> I've never taught a yoga class in a room with mirrors, and I have no intention of ever doing it. Firstly, because I've got zero interest in seeing what I look like doing yoga. Because in my own mind, I am a cheater. Yes, I am a powerful, <laughs> flexible being who is luxuriating in the strength and power of her own body and if I was to be confronted by my aging five foot one slightly chubby reflection all of that would come crashing down (laughs) so firstly from a selfish perspective but secondly nobody wants to see themselves 
in the why would you I mean okay maybe if you're a weightlifter and you want to check your form and you've got this big muscly physique you like standing in front of the mirror normal people don't like doing that stuff mm. I'm not going to put my students through it but as you say if the mirror's just not there you, you don't do have to think about it you just you just you are you're just there you're being and doing and feeling rather than thinking and watching and they're two very very different experiences you know yoga's not an aesthetic although people try to make it an aesthetic all of the time mm. that's not what it not for me that's not what that's not what it's about it's not the point of it so there's another layer to yoga isn't there in this kind of like emotional and spiritual side Can, let's tap into that for a yeah little i think sometimes it puts people off i was at um a gym i go to the other day and i heard two young uh, young women having a conversation i think they would just tried a pilates class and one had obviously done a lot of um fitness before mm. and this other one hadn't and the one that hadn't was like oh yeah she said not to you know that I might want to try yoga but that it's really spiritual I don't think that's for me and yes of course there are yoga classes you could go to where there is a lot of chanting and there is a lot of that kind of thing um, and I go to them sometimes and I love that but if that's not your bag that that's okay um, don't be put off from um, you know from yoga thinking that it's all that way because there's so many different styles of yoga and there's so many different styles of teaching so having said that about like the spiritual side it doesn't matter whether you believe in anything or not yoga will do something to you when you walk in and out of that room and I don't think it's necessarily spiritual or magic or it's not about fairies and unicorns I call it the yoga smug it's like you just feel a little bit smug when you finish your body feels smug your body is smiling you're more grounded you're alive in your body you can feel your skin you can you're very sort of there and present and alive in the same way that you would be if you'd gone for a really great walk in the park you know there's just something about it that takes all of your little pieces and puts them back together and you come out of a yoga class feeling just a little bit more whole Mm -hmm. and I don't know how it does that I don't I can't explain it to you it's all of it it's the physical movement combined with the breathing combined with a little bit of space perhaps perhaps combined with being in a room with other people and you're all having a shared experience there's all these little ingredients yeah but it just leaves you feeling better at the end than you did when you started but it's more than just the exercise there is something else about it where it just cleanses you a bit oh that's Mm. really nice and i think it's really difficult to get that in other ways sometimes when you go to a class, you put your phone away and you step onto the mat and that's it then for the hour. Mm-hmm. You don't get a kind of notification, you don't get distracted, where I think sometimes if, like even if I'm on a run and I feel my phone buzz in my pocket, I'm so tempted to look. Of course. And that can, that breaks your focus. Obviously that breaks your stride. You have to stop and like check what mm. devastating email has come through <laughs> from your work account. <laughs> who hasn't got their invoice or or more likely it's just some nonsense that somebody said on facebook that you decided you needed to be alerted to is in fact actually you really really Really, didn't (laughs) but having that opportunity to i think kind of step away from all of the rest of your life and just focus on yourself yeah it's an escape absolutely it's an escape it's peace i mean one of my um one of my students who's just come back she had a third baby about a year ago and um, she'd been coming to classes before and she's just come back to class and she just went, I don't have to do the bedtime. 
I just leave the house. And he puts the children to bed. And I have an hour to myself. I might just lie here on the mat. And I say, my darling, if you want to just pay me the money to come for an hour and lie down, I think that's a really expensive nap. But if you want to do that... By all means, go ahead. But she's just so happy to just have this magical hour to herself. And I don't think, it, I mean, I joke sometimes. I'll say, you know, you know, I mean, just leave your husbands and your wives at home yeah. and forget the children, forget the dog, forget the hamster, forget the yeah. job, just have that hour. But you're right, it is just a, a and you can justify it. I'm going to yoga. I can't possibly do that thing or I can't possibly no. take that phone call. This is my sacred time. The dishwasher's going to have to wait. It's going to have to wait. So let's do a little bit more digging on this yoga culture thing. Okay. What's, what is a bit toxic about it, do you think? Um, I think there's an element of it where there's the very snazzy studios and people pay a lot of money for the memberships and then they've got to have the really expensive leggings that go with it and then it becomes it's a very vac can become a vacuous thing much worse in london if you've ever been to a london yoga studio but oh my god um but it's just it's like that la yoga Mm. it's that la yoga thing and i think as part of what happens with that then is it becomes about money and it comes again about that aesthetic that i was talking about and it's you've got to be this sort of this particular type of person you know to be a yogi you've got to be this type of person you have to look this way you have to wear these clothes you have to have these very expensive leggings on and this ridiculously expensive mat and all that Mm. sort of stuff and I think it's just um, probably something that's happened as a it's maybe very western Um, it's a western kind of takeover of, of, of yoga and it's also sometimes what happens when you put a bunch of women together perhaps there's just there's a that competitiveness too so but it's for me it's just completely anti what my yoga means to me anyway and I mean some people love that I think they love the it's it's actually appealing to them they sort of want to go and do that and if, if that's your thing knock yourself out (laughs) I don't judge anyone if you love that you want to pay a hundred pound for a pair of yoga leggings you go ahead (laughs) I've definitely been when I've been on courses in London and I've stayed over and I thought oh you know I'm here for the week and I'll get kind of an introductory pass to a studio whether that's for like spin cycling or sometimes like a bar class without naming any brands, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yoga, you know, I, I like to dabble, try a few different things, Good. but I think it is that kind of, um, what it looks like on social media versus what you're actually physically getting out of the class. Um, and you can take lovely photos of the lobby and you can t- have a lovely green juice in a sort of inbuilt cafe in the front half yes. of the, I mean, some of these places like literally, uh, symbiotically coexist with the legging brands themselves oh they do you know you walk in In the reception you walk in the reception and they've got the shop and they've got even the other way around there's a lululemon store that's got like a studio built into it of course they do don't they wild but is lululemon the one that only did the skinny pants that they're um you know, kind of on the upward end of like 130, 140 pounds no, for a pair of leggings. Yeah, but it's the, is it them with the sizing? There was one of the brands oh, that yeah. got taken apart because they're like, like it, I think their owner said, if unless you're like a size eight, 
you shouldn't be wearing yoga leggings and it, how he how he survived that it comment was exactly that brand mm. it was exactly lululemon and they i believe have replaced him now with a woman mm-hmm. i don't know whether you know like lululemon and big corporate america please don't sue me <laughs> it's every oh sorry and the people who have listened to multiple episodes they know that basically i just get myself into trouble every week so <laughs> you invited the wrong person if you wanted to stay out of trouble on the road this morning <laughs> basically like slimming world weight watchers and now lululemon and they're all going to be get, after they're me. getting it they're absolutely um, getting it so i don't know whether this lady is now whether mm. she's like a bit more of a figurehead or mm. whether she's got more of an active role but i do know from perusing their website that they have a lot more of um kind of the broader spectrum of body types represented on there now oh, good. um which is which is great but it would have been even nicer that they hadn't been called out in order to do that well exactly it becomes virtue signaling then which i said is a whole concept you do not want to get me started on um, but just yet yeah, to put my I guess my, my feminist hat on it for a little bit you know we're women are encouraged to compete with one another yeah you know i think it's a way of undermining us so that we don't band together and take over the world that's my take on it we absolutely so could. we're, we're at, well i think we run it secretly anyway i mean everybody <laughs> knows that anyway um, but we just participate in this polite fiction where we don't mm. um but i think that women are pitted against one another and a, a huge area of that one is competing obviously for male attention but the other one is what our bodies look like our bodies are public property people are allowed to talk about them and to comment on them and to judge you on them whether you're too small or you're too big or you're just right in the middle and we spend our whole lives doing what you were doing which mm-hmm. is looking in that mirror not caring how the downward dog felt but just worrying about whether a teeny little bit of fat might have popped out over the top of your oh leggings God, no. and judging your worth as a person oh do not no. do, don't start well I feel like we could really go off on a mm. tangent here <laughs> so at home I have a pair of digital scales and they give you your weight in stones and pounds and it's rounded to a whole pound oh. uh, which means that as I weigh myself first thing in the morning after a wee before I've had a drink or anything <laughs> to eat and butt naked I've <laughs> uh, got to take my hair bubble out because that could, oh, <laughs> the hair bubble might just change the whole dynamic over the edge you <laughs> yes. know contributing a gram uh, and I will do uh, in the past when I've had a really unhealthy fixation on what I weigh I'll weigh myself and take a best out of three. And I was telling this story to my dad um, a a few months ago now. Um, And I said, you know, like, oh, you know, when you hop on the scales and it it says a pound (laughs) over, so you get off and you wait for them to reset and then you get back on to see if it comes down a pound. Mm. And he goes, why do you do that? Mm. Wouldn't have a clue. Why why would you weigh yourself three times Mm. to get a lower number? Mm. It just is what it is. And I said, well, you obviously have never felt like your value in this life is determined by the figure on the scales mm. in the morning mm. and um he looked at me and he went I didn't bring you up to be like that I didn't bring you up to care what you weigh like that and I said well you didn't need to it was the it was rest done of the for world. You. it was done for you by society <laughs> and culture you know yes. you can come from a home with all the all the best of 
you know, my mum and dad are both very healthy people mm. and they exercise regularly. They're both runners. They're really, really into eating well and being healthy. And I think that has rubbed off on me and my brother, Matt, who's a personal trainer and works wow, with Wow, okay. So, the know. fittest family ever then. <laughs> my boyfriend, Callum, used to make fun of us when we first started going out. He'd be walking in his family dog in the park and he'd see like the four of us coming <laughs> out on a family dog oh my goodness and he was me. like this is like some fun trap <laughs> it is. like family it really really is you know yodeling as we <laughs> run yeah, over yeah. the hills in certain parts high-fiving each other <laughs> like very uncool Um, (laughs) but fit and healthy so you know (laughs) but you know ultimately you can come Mm. from a a family like that where that's the attitude is that isn't your body amazing because you can climb a mountain with it or isn't Mm. your body amazing because you can ride a horse and it boils down to it doesn't matter that that's where you came from. You've been filtered through a society that makes you weigh yourself three times in the morning. Yeah, absolutely. So and, and and makes you not just weigh yourself three times in the morning, but decide your entire value as a human being based on what the results of that number are. That your entire day revolves around the fact that when you look down, you say to yourself, am I going to be able to love myself today or not? Mm. And that is heartbreaking. Um, my scales broke, actually. I can't remember when it was. Sometime during the pandemic, it might have been, but I, I, and then we had that little break where we went back to classes and then we were locked down again, weren't we? And I think yeah. I was telling the story and I was like, I think this was the way of the, my universe, the universe looking after me mm. because I've done nothing but eat and drink during the pandemic. So I think this was, you know, I'm not necessarily believing God or whatever, but it was just like <laughs> God going, Nikki, you really don't need to. I'm just going to save you from yourself. It was a divine intervention. It was a divine intervention. <laughs> I'm going to mess these scales up so that you don't have to stand on them so that you can feel okay because that's just it's crazy isn't it yeah. it's just but and I think you know it would gone and gone round it circularly a little bit but I think that's what feeds into that you know what we were talking about that kind of the toxic yoga culture yeah. really is that you know you there's almost these ideals you know we're presented with these these physical ideals that you will look like this you will be able to wear those skinny leggings with pride you will be very skinny and glamorous and flexible and beautiful and graceful you know there's mm. i think there's an element of that yeah. about it as well which never is fall a lovely on your nose in a never, a lovely feminine <laughs> quality to it isn't there as mm. well um which is there too and so it's presented as this ideal to to work towards and if like me you know how i felt or you're probably most women or your average woman just looks at that and just goes i'm never gonna be that i'm never gonna look like that what is the point of me Most even of the trying? Time, the people in the photos don't even look like that because it's been oh, photoshopped. It's been, it's been yeah. I life. do. I do joke sometimes when I've when I occasionally have seen like an Instagram. Um, I don't use it that much, but when I've seen an Instagram. Uh, post of an unusual pose and I'll think oh I'm going to try I'm going to try that in class that looks like fun we'll see what happens <laughs> and I'll say to them I've seen this on Instagram now it might have been an actual person doing it but we have to bear in mind it could have been photoshopped so I don't even know if this pose is possible with a human body are <laughs> <laughs> we going to give it a go and it'll be fun so yes there are, you know I think Instagram has probably made it worse and again back to being a teacher that was why to me it felt so impossible to be a teacher and that was why I couldn't get the photo I didn't get photos of me from my website taken for three years after I started teaching because I didn't want and I, I couldn't be that 
yoga teacher I couldn't be that yoga teacher with all the skinny beautiful pictures of me on Instagram yeah. I haven't got an aspirational body nobody's going to look at me and go I wish I looked like her and that was what I felt like I had to be I had to be that person to be a teacher I had to be that person that they walk in a room and go oh my god I want to do yoga because look what it's done for her I don't have that and actually I thought that that was a limitation and I thought that that was a reason for me to not teach, but instead it came completely full circle, and now it's the reason why I do teach. Yeah, and it's, it's the thing that I own when I stand at the front yeah, of the it's room. Your biggest strength. It's my biggest strength as a teacher. Um, not saying I don't still struggle with it because I do. You know, I'm a, a woman. I'm still subject to that same culture that makes you get off the sails and stands back <laughs> on them again. Um, I'm, I still struggle with it from time to time. But there's something about. And I don't know if it's just teaching the yoga or doing so much yoga, but I'm at home in my own skin in a way that I, I've, I've never been, like my whole adult life. And yoga gave that to me. Yeah. So I like to try and give it to other people too. That's amazing. Mm. That's wonderful, Nikki. Mm, thank you. And if you do go onto Nikki's website or her Instagram, you'll see these pictures, which <laughs> are actually, you know, they say a picture is worth a thousand words. They're incredible and they're just radiate this energy and positivity and like you say that kind of self affirmative and self-loving state of being Mm -hmm. and it just comes through in the pictures instantaneously when you look at them you know exactly what you're going to get when you go to a class with Nikki oh good well I had a good photographer as you know yes Lisa is had, a mutual friend yeah, of Nikki and, and, mine. And, ter- and terrific. And um, but yes, I did. I just said I actually don't take the photos of me. Take the photos of my students. That's what I want is people to look at the photos and be able to see what it's like to be in my class. Yeah. What does it matter if I can stand on my head or not? Who cares? It doesn't know, isn't it? Like a lot of um, businesses that start out, and you see this with osteopathy clinics as well, mm. is that they'll use a lot of stock images mm. and they'll use like pictures of and and like common between osteopathy and yoga actually would be you know like a picture of four or five pebbles stacked in a little <laughs> tower on a beach with a little lotus blossom yeah, on the top. Just... <laughs> All these like serene yes. things. And I think as a consumer, you look at those things on a website and you think, what? <laughs> like, where am what? But what will it be like if I go to class or I go to an appointment? Mm-hmm. And I know that that's what um, Lisa Carpenter, the fabulous photographer, yes. who is a common friend of Nikki <laughs> and mine, uh, just to plug her really, really quickly. quickly. <laughs> <laughs> She's so good at mm kind of relaying what a client experiences in mm-hmm. her photos and that was I think that was a big game changer for our clinic and I'm sure you found that with your classes as well absolutely was that when people could go online and it was very very human and very real and you know this is the treatment room this is what your osteopath looks like this is them doing an appointment mm-hmm. that's what it looks like or this is Nikki this is the yoga studio these are her students and if you can look into those pictures and see someone who is a little bit older maybe they're a little bit chunkier maybe they don't look like the image of uh, yoga culture Mm. totally you know ripped and graceful (laughs) then it makes it so much more accessible to go to that class because you feel already like you're going to fit in and you found your you found the right niche for you because you can see it. Mm, no, absolutely. 
just the, someone there looks like you, so it's okay. Um, and so if that's that's what I yeah that's what I hope people see when they look at the website, and I hope it's what they see and what they experience when they come to class that it, it's got something to offer everybody, and wherever you are, it will come and meet you there. So it's Absolutely. great. Absolutely. Thanks so much for coming and no speaking problem. with me this morning, I've Nikki. I've loved it. And if you want to find out more about Nikki's classes, they're in Sutton Coalfield. And you can go to www.unlikelyyogi.co.uk. Thank you very much. It's been really great. I've loved it. Thank you. Thanks, Nikki. Thanks for listening to the Healthy Midlands podcast. Make sure to hit the follow button so that you can be the first to know when the next episode is up. Leave a review or share this podcast with a friend if you found it useful. And for more, come and find us on Instagram at Healthy Midlands.